Welcome to the Six Minute States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast and our review of day two of the July States meeting. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Chloe Pressland. And uh, the main thing on the uh, agenda today was the raquette placed by Deputy Steve Fuller. Well, they didn't get it till the uh, didn't get onto it until the afternoon, but uh, it was the the thing that we'd all been waiting for in many ways, uh, the subject of lots of discussion. And uh, it's a raquette attempting to prevent a field at the Vocador just behind Duchess of Kent House from being built upon for the um, accommodation of key workers, uh, notably of course nurses. Um, this is a proposal that's uh, come, it seems, from policy and resources itself uh, and would of course be subject to a planning application uh, but this move is to uh, ensure that any such uh, development goes to the states and is debated in the states chamber um, before it can go any further. Um, so we heard from plenty of speakers this afternoon on that we heard from deputy steve fuller first of all um uh, placing quite a lot of importance on the 130 year old um sycamore tree that is on that site uh emphasizing that there's no desire to um undermine the need for key worker housing but just to have it on a brownfield portion of the peh site rather than on a green field um and uh, he gave a 25 minute speech uh, in which he sort of laid out the uh, groundwork for the recurrence um opinion that this uh, should not this kind of development shouldn't go ahead uh, the next person to speak was uh, deputy peter fairbrush the chief minister Clay. yeah it was deputy peter fairbrush and i think it's it's fair to speak about him and al broad who's president of hsc at the same time because they're both very much against the raquette that's not to say that they're for building on green fields or anything but they argue that because we need staff accommodation so badly, it almost overrides that. Um, Deputy Broad and Deputy Fairbrush, and I, I think, Del, you'll agree that um, everyone who spoke on this did really lengthy speeches and everyone was really pa- passionate about what they were saying. But what he was saying was that during his, this is Broad, that during his long political career, he, he hasn't really got angry before, but this raquette has really vexed him, he said. He said it sort of rustled his feathers quite a lot. So he went as far as accusing Deputy Fuller of running a PR campaign around it and compared it to the Vote Leave Brexit campaign, which was which was quite a lot and, I mean, quite an interesting thing to say. And he said that overall his point was healthcare staff having to turn down vacancies because they have no affordable housing to live in and that needs to change and building on this green site is the solution. So Deputy Fairbrush was mirroring what he was saying. He said he'd love to protect the field and the cows and the tree and everything that's on there. But at the end of the day, he wants to be able to assure sick sick people and their families that staff are there to take care of them and if there are any more delays then wards might end up closing. Yeah, it certainly was a very uh, emotive um, part of the day's proceedings today. I haven't heard uh, Deputy Broad sounding quite as emotional as that. I've, sounded, I've, I've heard him sound uh, irritated before but uh, not not quite so invested as, as he seemed to be on this occasion. Um, Deputy Lindsay Tsumere, as Environment and Infrastructure President uh, had the right to make a speech as well before we got into the main meat of the debate and and um, she followed on from those speeches, sort of saying, well, uh, hang on, you're, you're building up a, um, a sort of opposition between, on the one hand, um, we need nurses, and on the other hand, um, we need to save green fields. And she was saying, well, that's just a false dichotomy. That's not actually, in reality, what's happening here. We're not asking for less key worker accommodation. We're not doing anything to undermine the need for uh, nurses and therefore effects on hospital waiting times, as you've been talking about. Um, we just don't want them on the green field. Um, 
so that that was that was her beef on that. But there was an interesting um, uh, contribution from Deputy uh, Victoria Oliver, um, De- um, the Development and Planning Authority uh, president. Of course, um, she was saying that actually yeah, there was an element of this uh, raquette that just flies in the face of the idea that qualified planning officers need to make the decisions, not uh, deputies on the floor of the assembly. That was quite a, um, a, not exactly a technical objection, but really a fundamental objection that she had on that one. Um, and then um, we rather quickly from those main speeches went on to the First Amendment. It's, it's uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott, who is presiding officer for this, uh, sort of laid out the plan for the whole uh, raquette and made us realise we're going to be there for a very long time. They're going to debate this uh, amendment from Deputy Burford, which seeks to address that very issue that Deputy Oliver had spoken about before they move on to another uh, amendment tomorrow uh, from Deputy Inder, which is going to see them uh, making a promise that, OK, yes, we can build on green fields, but as long as we uh, make a brownfield site a greenfield site somewhere else on the island uh, that'd be interesting to hear how they envisage all that working uh, and then we're going to get into the main debate and then although all the um, relevant uh, presidents who are involved in this which is most of them uh, i think everyone bar education it seems is going to have a right to make a final speech as well so we're going to be there for quite a long time mm-hmm. yeah and uh, there was a couple of things in the morning as well that we went over so one of them was uh, chain- making reforms to our divorce law so now no fault divorces has been approved by the states which means that couples can essentially divorce without having to explain why or proving that what someone has done something wrong or anything like that and it also means that you can't defend a divorce so if if one one half of the couple says nope that's it i would like a divorce uh, our relationship is beyond the point of of repairing then that's that's enough justification to get a divorce and it also the whole sort of process of divorce was quite an arduous process and created a lot of conflict and this this will make it a lot easier to get divorced yeah, I remember uh, Deputy Fairbrusher mentioning today that uh, he once, he's, he's a lawyer of course, uh, once spent 10 days fighting a case um, uh, where they eventually came to a conclusion and then another 10 days uh, fighting over what was going to happen to all the assets and he said they were both a lot poorer by the end of it because, and the, only the lawyers had benefited. So I imagine, yep. <laughs> I imagine it probably paid off part of his mortgage uh, in, in the process. Um, but um, then there was also a couple, of, a couple of pieces of good news. That, that was, I think, uh, uh, overwhelmingly supported and a good piece of news as far as everybody was concerned. Uh, another good piece of news was uh, um, beneficial ownership going through. This was a, um, a, an important piece of legislation that went through uh, to prepare the island for the, its next money val inspection. We also had uh, a £9 million per year recurring saving um, that's going to come about as a result of the decrease of the state's uh, employers' contributions into the uh, public sector pensions. So that's all sorted. That went through, led by Deputy Mark Hellier. That was uncontroversial. And uh, then also uh, some beefing up of the rules around um, uh, um, looking after borrowers uh, in terms of their um, rights and safeguarding uh, in peer-to-peer lending, um, which was also seen as a way, a means by which we might be able to encourage um, cryptocurrencies to uh, become more established or that kind of business to become more established on the island. So they raced through quite a lot of uh, items uh, this morning on on those things. Have I forgotten anything? Yeah, (laughs) minimum wage is going up on the 1st of October. So that's for adults and young people. So that'll mean £9.50 55 minimum per hour for adults and for young people that's un, uh, 17 and unders that'll be £8.95 there was another option on the table which would have been the same rate for adults so £9.55 but £9.25 an hour for young people but um, that that wasn't particularly popular I don't think and one thing I think is worth mentioning is Deputy Taylor who has a, a couple of businesses I think he said that at that rate he he would not be afford he would not be able to afford to pay young people at that rate considering their their level of experience and things like that so 
And we'll finish uh, where the day began, because I almost forgot to mention a reciprocal health agreement, which is a pretty significant thing. Of course, this doesn't mean that it's happened, but the states today, in a hurry, approved uh, that the, the uh, policy and resources and health and social care can go away and ne negotiate with the UK on behalf of Guernsey and Alderney and Sark, who've bought into this as well, a new reciprocal health agreement, which is going to be great for tourism and uh, great for um, any uh, visitors coming to the island and people going away. It's, it's been out of uh, kilter since 2009 when the UK changed the terms, so uh, everyone's locally in rather a hurry to get that done. It went through unanimously. That's our roundup of uh, day two, so uh, come back here, won't you, for uh, a roundup of day three where we may get a conclusion on that uh, raquette on the PEH field but goodbye for now